Hey everybody, I'm John Gould. And I'm Nagin Muscati, and this is This Real Estate Life, the official podcast of the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park office. We have so many amazing real estate agents in our office, each with their own unique gifts and personalities, and we really just wanted to create a podcast where you can celebrate those individuals and learn a little bit about real estate along the way. Yeah, so whether you're a real estate agent yourself or just curious to learn more about what we do every day, this is the podcast for you. So thanks for joining us and we hope you love the journey. Woohoo! <laughs> Welcome to This Real Estate Life, the Baron Warner Lincoln Park podcast, where we showcase the gifts and talents of the agents in our office, uh, just so we can get to know them better and so maybe you guys can learn something from it. Today, we have the one and only Mark Dumas with us. Thank you so much for being here, Mark. Hey, everybody. Mark, we are so happy to have you here on this call. Um, as we like to do at the beginning of all of our episodes, I'm just going to embarrass you and say some really nice things about you here to kick things <sighs> off. Okay. Um, so a little bit of background about Mark. He is a lifelong Chicagoan. He has lived all over the city, which is just one of the reasons why he's so good with his clients. Um, he is very hands-on and in fact if you read his bio it even says that that is his approach he's all about building relationships with his clients mm -hmm. and that certainly extends outside of his clients to his colleagues to his family to his friends and you're gonna learn more about that today on the call um, like most of our realtors he didn't start in real estate so we're looking forward to learning how he got his start and he is extremely involved in community. That is a huge part of who Mark is, and that's why we asked him to join us today to talk about um, why community is so important to him. Um, one of his clients said this in a testimonial, and I feel like this really just sums up who Mark is. He said, um, I felt that Mark's success was connected to my own happiness and finding the right home for me. And that really is what Mark's all about. He is 100% invested in making sure that the other people around him are good, that they're happy, um, and that's where he gets his joy out of giving other people joy. So Mark, welcome to the pod. Hey everybody, what's going on? Thank you, um, that's, really nice. that's really nice things you all said about me. I'll have to make sure you get your checks. <laughs> <laughs> they're true, they're all very true things. I mean, these are, these are things we hear from your colleagues. I mean, that testimonial is straight from the mouth of your clients, and it's just one of many that are like that. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, we really wanted to have you on because community is a huge part of who you are. Um, more than ever, you know, community is very, very important in this world that we live in. And nobody exemplifies that better than you in mine and John's opinion. So we really thank you for coming on to, to share about that today. Sure. Um, we certainly want to uh, have you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into real estate. Um, and then we're going to jump into some other questions that John has crafted. He's the master of excellent deep dive questions. Um, and a few of my own that I snuck in there this time, John. And just learn a little bit more about you. So could you just get us started and tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into real estate, why? Sure. Um, like you said, um, born and raised here in Chicago. Grew up in Chatham, which is, for those who don't know, on the middle south side of, this, of the city and the 800s, the, the 79 to 8,500 blocks. Um, went to grade school in Beverly, went to high school in what is now called Tri-Taylor. Back then it was just the near west side uh, at San Ignatius. And then um, with the exception of a little jaunt to school in Vermont for all of about seven weeks, I went to school at DePaul um, in Lincoln Park. And then 
have lived here ever since. I've lived all over. Like you said, I've lived in Lincoln Park. I lived in, I lived in North Center, but it was back when it was called West Lakeview. I lived in, I've lived downtown. I've lived on the west side in Garfield Park. I've lived in Bronzeville, uh, and currently I live in Rogers Park. How I got into real estate was, I was, uh, I'd been in sales for the most part, with the exception of time in the army. I've been in sales my entire life. Uh, my first sales job was working for my parents' janitorial company. I've sold every kind of widget from uh, computers to, uh, I sold printers, I've sold fax machines, I've sold t-shirts and sporting goods, I've sold uh, uh, tchotchke and things like that to colleges and universities and big time companies. And I was looking for something to do because I, uh, gotten laid off from a job and a friend of mine was like well get into real estate and I'm like <laughs> no it was in you know 2009 2010 the crash had just happened I'm like why would I do this oh yeah and um they're like well get into leasing because leasing has got a really as you know leasing has a really easy way to get in you can start as a leasing agent without a license for 90 days and it's almost like a test run you can see if you like it and so I went to work for a firm here in Chicago, uh, met a guy named Graham Allen, who ended up being one of my mentors. He taught me everything about how to sell, um, how to sell real estate and how to lease real estate. And I got really good at it to the point where my first year I did like 65 properties. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Um, right. And so I did that, um, went from firm A to firm B, uh, cause they wanted a leasing manager. So I started doing that, um, one of the requirements of being a leasing manager though, was to get my broker's license. And so I did that, uh, and promptly got a sale and liked that more than I like leasing. Sure. Not even because of the money part, because the money was actually about the same realistically for that first sale. Uh, but it was definitely more of a, it was less of a transaction and more of a, um, consultative approach because when you do, when you do renting and you do leasing, um, there's no loyalty to you or to them. There's no, uh, people will literally, they're just looking for an apartment. They don't care. Like they don't care. They just want an apartment. Whereas when you're helping someone buy or sell their house, generally you build a relationship because you're going to spend the next 30 to 60 to 90 or however long it takes to finish that transaction. Mm -hmm. So uh, I realized when I was at my other firm that I didn't know what I didn't know. I was like, I had this license and this broker's license and my boss really wasn't teaching me anything. And I reached out and started looking at other firms. Uh, Jason Finn, who also works in our office, uh, is a really good friend of mine. We've been friends for going on 20 years, over 20 years probably. And um, I had a meeting with him. Like I sat down with him and talked about, just talked about Baird and talked about why, what he liked about the place and everything. And we left that Starbucks and walked into David Bailey's office. And I had met David once before uh, and uh, I walked into his office and was like, uh, I think I want to come work for you. And he's wow. like, okay. And we set up some things and he made me go to BW Achieve. He goes, I know you think you know all of this, <laughs> but I, I'm still making you go. And he also required that I had to go um, what I call David Bailey school. So I had to go to local Achieve every Tuesday for like six months. And so I did all that and uh, here I am. So I've been, that was, you know, I've been at Baird Warner now for July will be my fourth year. Yeah, will be my fourth anniversary. Wow. Oh, wow, that's awesome. 
I kind of thought you'd been, I mean, just because you seem so on top of the game, you're, you're like a professional real estate agent, you're the top of the top. I kind of thought you'd been there for like way longer than that. Actually. Now, um, I tend to uh, get enmeshed into into communities fairly well, something that I'm, I think is a, a plus. And part of that is, you know, what you're talking about with this whole pod today is um, if you walk around trying to help people, you you help people and it, it ends yeah. up working out that, you know, people start, people make assumptions, right? Some of them are positive, most of them are positive. And so people assume that I've been there forever because I'm making my business to know the answers to questions. So, and this isn't a knock on anyone in the office or anyone anywhere, but sometimes you ask some people a question and their response is, well, go look it up or right. go find it or go do whatever. And I tend to, be, you know, stop what I'm doing and go and help people. And so it's just who I am. Yeah, that actually makes sense. You do, yeah. You can tell how invested you are in the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park community because you are that guy. You're the answers guy. You're the guy who's willing to help and willing to, to invest in people. And I guess that does make people think that like you've been there for a long, long time. Yeah, I'd agree, Mark. You're a huge part of our culture at the office. Um, and you are always willing to help other people, you know, many times. Um, you know, I'll see you or hear you helping another agent if they have a question, whether they're new or they're a veteran. Um, you come to our office events. You're a big part of um, everything that we have going on as well. And you're always just smiling and seemingly in a good mood, um, which is, it's hard to do sometimes because real estate can, it can, you can have some tough, some tough days, but you never let it show. You always stay really, really positive. Um, one thing that I've been asked, especially um, when like talking to people who are getting into the business is, you know, real estate can be so isolating and competitive, um, but it doesn't seem like it is that for you. Like you have this work family that you've created, not just with your team, the real group, but also within our office and the whole Bear and Warner community and the Chicago real estate community, to be quite honest. So I'm just curious, like what it means to you to really be like a teammate in the greater sense of the word, like a part of the whole. Um, yeah there's um there's pie for everybody mm. um it's that simple right um i tend not to like i'm competitive i uh look at the 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 board in the built in the office and the board online probably once a week to see where people are falling and where like where my peers are and how i'm doing compared to them and um you know you see all those things but you have to also tell yourself uh like because you can get really caught up and looking at someone's social media feed and go, wow, they're really crushing it. And um, the truth is you have to just tell yourself, you do what you have to do to be successful. Whatever you determine success is, that's what you have to do. Um, in terms of being happy all the time, it's uh, my father, God rest him, said to me a long time, a very long time ago when I was a kid, he was like, remember, there are no such thing as bad days. You might have bad hours. You might have bad stretches of hours, which right. there's, um, at the end of the day, you're upright and breathing. You have a roof over your head uh, and people who love you. So how can you have a bad day? And I went, oh. And when you hear that at 17, you look at your father like, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking whatever. about. Whatever. Dude, yeah. whatever. Do you not understand <laughs> this girl dumped me and the seventh girl turned me down for prom? Yeah. Calm, your, calm yourself. I'll but never be happy again. Right. <laughs> But, but as I've gotten older now, um, I'm an old man, you know, and I realized that he was, he was right. Like, 
if you look at life like that, where it's, okay, this bad thing is happening. The only thing that's going to stop it from continuing to happen is you. Right. The only thing that's going to stop it from continuing to snowball into being worse is you. So do what you can to stop the bad and start promoting the good. Um, always strive for the good. Uh, and it helps me with that in the office because like you said, I, I mean, I, I really believe that there's enough pie for all of us. There's more than enough real estate for everybody. Um, the best example I can even give of that, there is a building where I sold three properties in it in the span of three weeks. Because oh, wow. uh, I got a, my client had a house to sell there. The people who ended up buying it lived in the building already. They sold, so they bought this property. I sold their property to someone else who lived in the building and did it again. But then I promptly stopped. Like I didn't farm the building. And everyone looked at me like, why? Why wouldn't you farm the building? And the reason I didn't farm the building is one who works in the office lives in the building and is actively farming the building. Mm. Why would I get in the way of that? Like, why would I get in the way of, you know, do I think I'm a better realtor than him? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But why would I get in the way of, like, if you live there, why would I farm there? And so I didn't. And people thought I was crazy, but I was like, it's going to benefit me in the end. Like, you know, because when I call this person and say I need a favor, <laughs> they're going to say sure. Right. Right. And so that's kind of why I've always done that. That's why I, you know, my community issue is a simple one. Like I, I want to be, uh, I want to be about helping people. I want to be about helping my teammates. I want to be about helping the community. I want to be about helping clients and customers. And, uh, cause at the end of the day, um, it sounds slightly morbid, but when you're dead and gone, you want people to have nice things to say about you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, morbid or not, that is very, very true, though. I mean, there'll be no shortage of good things to be said about you, Mark, certainly. Um, and we've kind of teased, you know, this topic of community and, and that being the reason we brought you on. So I'm going to turn it over to John. I know he's got some amazing um, questions. We just really want to learn a lot about what that means to you and all the different ways you're involved. Okay, sure. Let's do this. Um, first off, I do want to say before this episode started, we were talking about how I had good lighting. Yes. Uh, my ring light just died. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. It's because <laughs> you got cocky, John. I know yep. I did. Uh -huh. I'm embarrassed. Um, okay, so community. So, Mark, you're the community guy. You care about relationships, you care about investing in people. Um, to kind of get a frame of where you're coming from, can you kind of talk about some of the organizations uh, and like nonprofits and stuff that you've been a part of? I know sure. your fraternity. Is there anything else that you've been investing in? So I would say outside of my fraternity, which I do a lot of work for, mm -hmm. um, the thing locally that's probably the I'm most invested in is uh, One Step Camp. And One Step Camp is a uh, camp for kids with cancer. And... Wow. They uh, send kids from all over, but primarily Chicagoland, uh, up to Lake Geneva, and then in the wintertime, out to skiing in Colorado and some other places. Um, and it's not like um, it's not like Make a Wish, where like you're terminal. It's kids with cancer who can go out and see nature and do things, and yeah. it's uh, and so it's pretty neat. And I got involved with them uh, nine years ago, totally by accident. Um, because they were 
they had been running a poker tournament. Um, in case you didn't know, one of the things I do a lot is I play a lot of poker. That's how I actually that's how I met me and Jason Finn met at a poker at a poker game. They got busted a long time ago. That's a different story for a different podcast. <laughs> so I got involved because of that. So they were starting a poker tournament. They needed someone to help run that poker tournament. And someone found someone found someone who found me and asked me to help start running the tournament, which then turned into this. At first it was literally they paid me and then they stopped paying me because I just started volunteering. And then it got bigger and bigger. And I hired more, I convinced more of my friends to come. I uh, used my undergraduate fraternity brothers as uh, labor for the day for the event. Cause we usually have, upwards of 250 to 300 people at the event. And so we need poker dealers and we need volunteers to run food and volunteers to check coats and all these kinds of things. Um, and so I put them to work for that. Uh, some folks in the office have come work like Heloisa and Chris have come and dealt for me before. Some other people have come and dealt for me before. It's been fun. It's a really fun time. Um, we don't know what we're gonna do this year with COVID and everything next year coming, but, but yeah. And so I'm really involved with One Step. I'm, on the local school council for my son's school. Um, if you ever want to understand how Chicago schools work, just volunteer once to be on the local school council and you will have a vast <laughs> um, understanding of how crazy things are. And the, um, the inner network, the inner fighting that happens in places and the uh, things you never thought about that run, that run schools like I've seen budgets and I'm like I don't understand why we need this much money for paper and then someone broke it down for me and they're like think about your office I'm like okay think about how much paper you go through in a day and I'm like oh because now multiply that by eight class like you know eight grades and three classrooms and I'm like oh yeah that's a lot of paper that number sounds low <laughs> so and so yeah I'm involved with that and then I coach little league um, I coach my son's uh, two little league teams, two of his little league teams, um, because before Ooh. when I was doing, yeah, when I was doing my sales jobs, I was also a high school baseball coach. <laughs> so I coach oh, high wow. school baseball. I coach high school baseball for 15 years. Um, and so that's the one thing I do to get out of the house and get some exercise is go hit fungos and yell at kids and run with them. And then obviously I'm really involved in my national fraternity. Um, five size has been a, probably one of the most seminal moments of my life is joining and it's been helpful for me in everything I do. Um, it, you know, you talk about my love and want to help community. It comes from that. It comes from this idea that we teach our young men and our uh, fraternity brothers mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, your job is to help other people be better. And if you help other people be better, you'll get where you want to be. Yeah. So. Which is beautiful and and challenging for sure definitely challenging do you think that if you hadn't been a part of this fraternity like you wouldn't have this focus on community and serving <sighs> others? i think i probably would have had it at some point because my parents instilled it in me too yeah. um, but i also think that uh i probably wouldn't have it to the level that i do i probably wouldn't walk through the world trying so hard to always look for the nice right i mean yeah. i even said it over the last couple of weeks with everything that's going on, one of my friends said to me, you're trying to yell at somebody on, on social media about something that they said that's clearly, clearly offensive and you're still trying to be nice about it. Like you're being polite about it because there's no need to yell at, like there's no point of being like scream at somebody. It well, doesn't work. How you change minds, right? Right, right. And so 
I try to be the model for the things that I want in the world and I try to be as helpful as I can. So that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just so impressed. Like your, your discipline to be that person and to be a community leader, it seems like something you would have to be aware of and be striving for constantly. You know what I mean? A little bit. I mean, I'm lucky. I have really good mentors, right? And that's part of it too. Um, between some of my fraternity mentors, um, guys I've known for now 25, 26 years who have decided to kind of take me under their wing, um, to David, you know, I talk to DB once every two weeks, like clockwork. And there are times when that conversation has nothing to do with real estate. Right. Right. But it's, um, he doesn't say it this way, but he understands the, the six inches between a pat on the back and a kick in the pants really, really well. <laughs> and so, I yeah, love but, that. But, and so he's really good at it. And so that helps, you know, that all of those things, you know, the discipline to be nice and to try to help people. It's awesome. It's, yeah. it's, it, you know, I, I chuckle, like I'm going out to the suburbs today to go show houses you know, I don't know a lot about the suburbs, but my clients, one of them is my fraternity brother uh, and his wife didn't want me to farm this out. Cause I was like, I have great people who work out here who can help me like, no, we want you because we know you're going to take our, you have our best interest at heart. You're not just going to have us buy the first house we see. You're not going to make us push on selling our house, all those things. Right. And so that's why I'm going like, I'm like, okay, let's go out to the suburbs. We don't know what we're doing. Let's try not to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> the roads the roads aren't there's no grid let's try not to get lost i believe in you it's gonna be really good <laughs> you got the suburbs are are not as uh, scary i know i just find it it's just hilariously funny because i feel like my body goes i i can feel when i cross the border and it's like oh look <laughs> there's no there's no sidewalks holy cow <laughs> the streets the streets curve and veer and and it's like you watch and you see it on the gps you're like why doesn't that street cross itself? Like it just goes in a circle. How does that happen? Like, <laughs> so yeah. It is different. Mark, I think something that like it really has stood out so far from everything you said is you just have this abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think it's part of the reason why you're able to continue to grow, but also why you're able to just give of yourself willingly and freely to uh, like literally everybody. Because like you said, there's enough to go around. Right. There's always enough pie. Um, and that's probably the mistake that most people make, especially in real estate, is they think that if someone else gets that deal today, you will never get another deal. You will never get to get where you want to be. Um, and the truth is, yeah, I could go out there and be greedy, but pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. And so, you know, it's, it's that, that simple. It's really that simple. And so, you know, the whole giver's game thing comes from all the people that have been in my life, you know, that have been positive to me, you know, and I, we talked about it earlier about Joel giving me a a ring light, but the truth is he subscribes to that. Like he's all about giver's game. Like he's all about the idea that you have to help people. Um, Like I had a situation just recently where one of my partners was looking for someone to do a showing for him and it was going to pay. And I was like, why are you paying me? (laughs) like we're in this together like we're we're actually partners like it's different than like some random person in the office we're actually partners that's how to kind of why we have a partnership so that if you need help I help you I need help you help me 
you don't have to pay me. Um, it's, it's really simple. It's just, it's a, it's a mindset that you have to, it's a, it's a servant leader mindset is what it comes down to. Like, you know, you talk about abundance, but it's really about servant leadership. It's the idea that at the end of the day, if you're always serving, um, the people that are following you will want to help you, will want to do what you ask of them and will want to do it freely. And so there you are. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That, makes, that makes perfect sense. And you're leading by example then too. Right. Sometimes I fail at it. Sometimes I fail at it miserably. <laughs> Sometimes, so I, I've been known to go sit in my car and scream loudly <laughs> and, and then walk back into the office and go, oh, hey, how's everyone doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's important to touch on too, is like, you're still human. Like it's, right. you know, you still have emotions and, and are allowed to react, right. you know, to all the things that happen, whether they're positive or, or negative. I think what sets you apart from a lot of people though, is how, how you are able to con control and put others first. And if that means sometimes you have to kind of suppress a little bit of the frustration just to help somebody else. You're willing, you're willing to, to do that. And um, it's not easy. And that not in a way that you're putting on a front, but in a way that you're putting other person's needs first before. Yeah. And I you're, try. Always aware. you're always aware of who's around you and what's going on around you. I, I imagine it also makes your, your world bigger and your worldview bigger because you're not just worrying about yourself ever. <laughs> you're thinking of everyone. Yeah, it's funny. Um, talking about worldview and having a big world. So my 15-year-old, my daughter, often when she was younger, it, used to, it really used to annoy her that daddy knew everybody. <laughs> um, now that she's getting older, she's much more in tune with the six degrees of Mark Dumas and how that can be to her benefit. Um, Cause she's like, you do know everybody. It's kind of scary. Like, um, and one of her friends didn't believe her cause she was talking about it and, and she wasn't bragging. She wasn't, she was, we were at a, a picnic or something and she was like, yeah, dad knows everyone. Cause someone walked up and said hi to me. And I said, hi back. And, um, you know, my dad was, my dad was the same way. Like he made it his business to know everybody. Like he, he was never not nice to somebody. He was always, you know, his phrase to everyone was always, hey, baby, how you doing? Like, you can't say that in 2020 because people are going to take that a, a wholly different way. And so I don't do that. But, um, and so my daughter's friend goes, okay, so I can name anyone in Chicago and you know them and you can get to them in six degrees. And I went, uh, I don't know everyone, but most people. And but laughingly, she jokingly picked, um, she goes, how about the country? I go, again, I don't know, but give it a shot. And so, <laughs> Challenge accepted. Right. And she was looking at something on her phone and she goes, do you know George Lucas? I go, you mean the guy who made Star, Star Wars, George Lucas? She goes, yeah, George. I go, I can get to George Lucas and two people. And they're like, no way. I go, sure. And because... So George Lucas is married to a woman named Melody Hobson. And Melody Hobson is the president of, the co-president and CEO of Ariel Capital Management, um, which is the largest black owned um, financial company in the country. Oh, really? And Melody and I went to high school together. <laughs> She's two years ahead of me and we were on the speech team together. So Melody to George to me. There that's you go. Crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Yeah, I don't know everybody. Like, I don't claim to know everybody, but I can get you to almost everybody. You know, it's kind of hilarious because I'll be at networking events and someone will go, oh, you know that person? And they'll point at some realtor and I'll go, uh-uh. I don't know them. And they're like, sure you do. And they'll, they'll walk it through. Like, well, you know, this person who knows this person who knows this person. So, you know, them. I'm like, sure, let's go meet them. Great. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. If I were you, I would milk that George Lucas connection. No, no, I don't. Like I see Melody pretty regularly, like probably four or five times a year. And um, I chuckle um, when the city was really trying to get them to have the Lucas museum here and, uh, and it didn't happen. I was like, imagine how much fun we could have had. She's like, I know, don't talk about it. I'm like, sure, okay, great. <laughs> so, but yeah, she's a great person. She does a lot of good things for the city. I mean, she just gave my high school a bunch of money and we're really grateful. Oh, wow. um, and so, yeah, she's an awesome, awesome person. So That's so cool. Um, I mean, sorry, I got to pick that name back up though and put it back away. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that, was a pretty, that was a pretty big name. That was a pretty big name drop there. So I'll stop that. So. <laughs> Was it heavy when you had to pick it up? Yeah, it was a little heavy. Sorry. Sorry about that. Were you super pumped, though, when you were challenged and you're like, oh, I got this. No problem. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You, yes. It was, it was actually kind of funny. A little bit of satisfaction. So, right. So with being a real estate agent and being your son's coach and being part of your fraternity and helping out the camp for kids with cancer, all of that. That's a lot. How yes. do you balance all of that at once? How do you juggle all of those different hats? Um, and don't forget being married and trying not to have your wife kill you. Also that. <laughs> yeah, that's key too. Um, and being a father. And uh, so yeah. the, simple, the simple way is, uh, so the answer I'm supposed to give you right there is I have a really great schedule. That's not the truth. Yeah. The truth is um, a lot of the, the things that I do compartmentalize uh, themselves because for example little league in chicago is relatively short because of the weather the weather we have right so this year it's not, almost non-existent but right. in years past it probably goes let's call it april to july okay um the poker tournament is once a year in february uh, so I really have to, I really get ramped up for that from like December, like so the day after Christmas through to like March 1st mm. is when I have to worry about that. Um, fraternity stuff, a lot of it is now that I am, so I used to be a chapter advisor. I used to manage, I used to help uh, anywhere from 20 to 75 undergraduates on a college campus. And so that was a lot more stressful in terms of time because it was once a week, every week, uh, show up and, and then for a couple hours and then leave and then deal with all the stuff that goes along with that. Cause it's a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds who are effectively running a hundred thousand dollar business <laughs> and they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Um, along with that add hormones, uh, pressure from all over the place, um, the want to be cool, the want to be all those things. Sure. But now that I'm on the national board of the fraternity, it's kind of spread out a little bit. Um, we only have four meetings a year. We probably have a comp we have a conference call every other week. Like I talk to the guys on the board with me all the time via social media or via personally. But and so a lot of it is being react. Like there's some proactive things I have to do 
So like I'm in the midst of putting together some talks, some similar to this almost podcast slash TED talks that I'm helping run. I'm helping, um, I'm on a, I'm running a committee right now for trying to figure out if kids go back to college and I didn't say kids, if young adults go back to college and colleges are open, how do we have to manage that as a fraternity in terms of PPE, in terms of cleaning, in terms of taking temperatures, what happens if someone gets sick? Like, how do we manage all of that? So like right now I'm a little busy, but generally I'm not that busy. Um, and then being a father is, uh, once they get ambulatory, it's pretty easy. Uh, once they can, you know, once they're old enough to feed themselves and, you know, you kind of set real simple guidelines and simple, uh, I kind of take the same approach my dad used to take with me, which is, uh, here's a task, here's a deadline, I'm going to leave you alone. Um, if you meet the deadline, great, congratulations. Right. Uh, if you don't meet the deadline, we're going to have a conversation and you're not going to like the conversation that we have. So just get ready for that. And so occasionally, you know, they step off that path, but they're generally good kids. And they're generally, um, they're also really, really giving kids. Um, mm -hmm. They don't like each other, but they like other people. <laughs> you know? And so, and then being a husband is literally trying your best to listen to what your wife has to say. And um, A, do it when she tells you to do it. Like I had, the thing I've learned most about being married is, when someone tells you to do something at home, you just do it now. Don't do it when you feel like doing it. Your life is so much easier when you just do it right now. That's scary. Even if, like, it's, it's scary how, and it took me, let's be clear. It took me a very long time to get to this point. Yeah. I would tell you that three years ago, even I was like, I'll get it done when I get it done. Just relax. It'll get done. Cause I took the same approach that my father took with me. You gave me a, you gave me something to do. I'll get it done. Right. Now, other people, other adults ask you to do something, they want it done now. So just do it. <laughs> Make your life easy. Just do it. So that's really good advice. Yeah. That's how I balance it all. Like that's it. Like that. And um I get in the car. Uh, a lot of times living in Rogers Park, you have a minimum half hour just to get to the office, as Nagin will tell you. So uh, true. Almost everywhere you're going to sell a piece of real estate is not close unless you're doing it here in Rogers Park. So mm -hmm. I get a lot of time uh I don't call it Zen time, but I spent a lot of time like listening to podcasts. I spent a lot of time just kind of like getting my head outside of the space. Um, right. I don't know how it happened, but I'm really good at up to like 90 seconds before I have to do something, not thinking about what I have to do and then getting there and snapping in and going, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're working on. Here's how we have to get moving on this. Let's go. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good compart mentalization technique i yeah. think because yeah i nailed that word right got yeah, it that's good good job good job <laughs> um mark to kind of tie like all all of this into real estate since this is a real estate yes. office yes. podcast yes. um you know there's so many different ways that you can build a business and i know david talks about this with agents too when he sits down and do business planning and you hear it from everywhere i think you're a really good example of that like you you don't have to do what the agent next to you is doing. You don't have to cold call. You don't have to mail. You just have to connect, find some way to do it. Some people do that through cold calling or mailing or all these other strategies, open houses. You really are a good example of how, because it's such a relationship-based business. And I know John, we've talked to so many people on this podcast and that's the one common thread, right? 
you just live your life. Like you, you right. live your life, you are involved. You get to do things that you love to do. You're passionate about, you know, the different boards that you're on, the different organizations you're a part of, even coaching your kids, you know, sports teams are getting involved in their schools. You just, you live your life and you connect with people. And it sounds like you then have the opportunity to either work with those people or because they learn to know and, and trust you, they refer business to you. So in a way, again, like going back to how you said givers gain, like you just give of yourself with no expectation, but it serves you well um, and helps support your business, which in turn helps support your family. That's what I'm trying to do. I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, and I will admit that uh, there are days where, you know, you do all these things and I never do them with the intention of, Ooh, I can get some business from that. Like that's yeah. not, that's never the goal, but it doesn't, I'm not going to lie and say there's times when you've done all this work and you meet somebody and you're talking to them and all of a sudden you hear, Oh, they bought a house. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've all had that feeling. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not jealous. I'm not mad that they, I mean, cause there's more pie. That just means that I have to, if, what it said to me wasn't, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. What it said to me was, you need to go sharpen your saw. You need to go out there and make sure people know who you are. You know, you need to make sure that people are constantly aware that this is what you do for a living and it's not for funsies. We're, we're playing for marbles here. Let's go. I, I have one more question. I, I know John has a few too, to, uh, okay. to wrap everything up, but um, just kind of like a fun a fun community that you've created um, that I quite enjoy participating in as a viewer is your Donut Fridays. Ah, uh, yes, Donut Friday. And um, I think it's so great, but you're also supporting local businesses, right? Like you're going out and, and trying these different donuts from different establishments, and then you promote it on social media. Um, and uh, I like when you have Kylie on to you, know, your wife, to kind of support you. I think you guys have a hilarious dynamic, um, especially the one from from yesterday when you tested the donut vault. So you, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Like you, we've talked about all these like, um, like formalized organizations that you're a part of, but like, you can create community in so many different ways. And like your donut Friday and the people who participate and like they watch, like that's like your own little community you've made too. Yeah. So donut Friday started totally as a lark, um, cause of Corona, cause of COVID and cause of quarantine. So my wife, uh, normally works in Highland park and I worked from wherever. And uh, when Corona hit and she had to move back home. Um, so as you can see by my lovely backdrop, I'm basically in my bedroom and she has the front of the house. But one day she was like, we should go get donuts. Like, I'm thinking we should go get donuts. And I'm like, okay, sure. And I didn't even give it any thought past, sure. And um, I had just that Tuesday prior, wasn't Tuesday, no, it was the week before, the week, week before we started, we'd all gone to see Tom Ferry. And we'd seen Tom Ferry. And one of the things Tom Ferry talks about is that you should at least twice a week be shooting video for something. It doesn't always have to be about real estate, but you should be shooting a video. So you're in the habit of shooting a video. And so that's what happened. So I shot the, the first Donut Friday video. And it was like, hey, we went here. We got donuts. This place is great. Boom. And I think it was stands or, or D-Write or something. And then from then on, every Friday became Donut Friday. I have people who live in Alabama who will call me and go, where are you going this week? And I go, <laughs> I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, I generally do not know where we're going for Donut Friday, sometimes until I'm walking out the house. Mm. <laughs> um, during, well, now especially, but before, during, 
when quarantine was like we were at phase zero and phase one, I kind of had to have an idea because we had to pre-order and do curbside pickup and things like that. Yeah. But um, but we'd also would find places that I didn't think about as donut places. Like um, there's a bakery in Evanston that I didn't think I was like it's a bakery. I didn't, like why would they have donuts? Well, because they're a bakery. That's why they'd have donuts. <laughs> and so like I, st- I went there once. Um, found we found some places that I would have never found because we went looking online for donuts. And people have told us like, for example, and here's my one of my shameless plugs. There's a donut place in Evanston called DB3. It's on Central um that has amazing donuts that i would have never found if not for fact kylie went one day searching for where can i get donuts and she basically drew a circle because we wanted to stay quote inside the bubble and and kind of be local and there you go like we went to donut vault yesterday because the bubble's open now we can do other stuff and it was because we've been everywhere locally and i just happen to be up early enough that i can get there and get back without traffic and so and so yeah and the whole kylie like co-hosting guest hosting thing happened by accident too one week i was using her to stand in front of the camera to (laughs) set up my lighting and to set up how far the zoom has to be on your iphone and all those kinds of things and she just started talking and so i just hit the record button and she was much like you talked about today and she was on probably a half a pot of coffee at you know 10 o'clock in the morning and she was just just wound her up and let her go and it's like that's part of the fun of it that's what donut friday is about it's we're having a good time like i personally was going to start doing a video videos of me making drinks but then i figured that would just get silly but it might happen that might be the next i'm into it that might be i'm totally here for that but you got to like make it interactive like we all need to be following you along at home okay should we should we should we do the round of questions sure hit it let's go one thing though uh this podcast you're the guest who's had the most weird new sayings. Like, I feel like <laughs> dropping another saying. Oh, God. What does okay. saying for Marvels even mean? Because kids used to, so you're old. See, this is, the, this is what happens when you're old, John. So kids used to play marbles. Like, it's an actual game. Like, you get a bunch of marbles, and, like, you would play each other and try to take them from each other. That's how you won, because you couldn't play for money. It was like before Pogs, John. Do you remember Pogs? Right. Yes. Yes. That was before me too. But okay. Oh, gosh. Before, b- before Pokemon, ca- Pokemon cards. Yeah, I was a Pokemon card guy. <laughs> okay. It's like playing for Pokemon cards. Okay. So you're playing for marbles. Like you know, we're not playing for funsies. Like it's not because you know. Yeah, that's that. Oh, gotcha. I might okay. still have my marble collection. Actually, I'd have to go back and dig through. No but, uh, yeah, it was a thing. Yeah, I have a marble collection. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last two questions. What's your favorite color and what's your deepest, darkest fear? <sighs> um, my favorite color. Ooh, that's a good question. Like I find myself wearing lots of, uh, I used to say it was maroon and I think that was because my oh. high school colors were maroon and gold. And so I spent a lot of time when I was coaching and stuff. I had a lot, of, I have a lot of maroon stuff. Yeah. But that's, I think, a product of environment versus like re- real color thing. I like, um, I like green. Okay. Well, both I like green. Those are good and unique colors to, yeah. to choose. Yeah. I like green. Like I, 
when I look at the things that I tend to buy for myself, like I like some variations on green. I think it works good with my skin tone. I think it works. Um, it reminds you like grass is green. Grass is green. Sounds goofy. Muddy is green too. Actually, it's kind of like a bluish brown, but it's green too. And um, but I like it because it's nature. It's and I'm not a nature dude. Like I'm not like one who's like let's go hiking. No, I don't know. But <laughs> I do like like good grass. I like well mown lawns. I like you know going to Ravinia and sitting in the grass and doing those kinds of things and being in the park and just hanging out. Um, to me, green is especially so. Growing up in Chicago you don't have a lot of green space so right. when you do you're really grateful for it and so um but then yeah like i would never buy a green suit but i own a lot of green ties and That's then what's my color. what's my deepest yeah what's my deepest darkest fear um <laughs> clowns That's um, legit. <laughs> clowns um i'm that like my children even know like my everyone knows i'm definitely definitely afraid of clowns um can i ask what it is about clowns because that's one that i just i don't i mean they're weird like they're creepy sure but um i just don't get it so mine is wholly tied into john wayne gacy you remember john wayne gacy oh, again? that's yeah. fair yep that's legit and that's a very rational fear though yeah. well and then you've got movies like it that just don't help yeah. at all either yeah not at all and the thing is, like, Kylie, my wife, and then my niece, Morgan, they love scary movies. And they're like, we're going to go watch scary movies. They go, great, I'll be in the back watching Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excellent show. So, or Top Chef, or anything that has nothing to do with clowns. <laughs> um, I love that. Well, I guess on that note, then, Mark... You know, it's one thing we didn't talk about are your bow ties, actually, which I feel oh, okay. like we'll be remiss to wrap this up if we don't address your snazzy dressing with all your bow ties. Mm -hmm. what, you. well, what is the story behind the bow tie? So the simple story is when I was in college, I got an internship on Capitol Hill. And my internship was with Senator Paul Simon, who always wore bow ties. And so he gave everyone a bow tie. Mm -hmm couple that with so that's the first part so he only gave you one so i didn't wear my bow ties a lot my mother worked for a federal judge here in chicago who i found out as i was in college it was also my fraternity brother but he wore bow ties every day his wife used to make them for him because back then people weren't really making bow ties selling bow ties and um i liked that too and started wearing them um i also started wearing them in some part because it was really really especially in the late 90s early 2000s really fratty i hate using that term but it's the truth to walk around wearing a bow tie like it was a very fratty thing to do right in college and stuff walk around wearing a bow tie it's kind of like a a subtle f you to the world in some ways and it just started from there and then i just kept wearing them and i kept getting them and now i have like 70 and <laughs> so yeah i have a lot of bow ties um wow. and um i now just i don't i only own two neckties i have a black necktie and I have a red and green five side necktie that I wear on a cage. Like it's rarely, rare. like I very because I have three five side bow ties. I don't need to wear it, but I wear bow ties all the time. Yeah, um, it's a thing now. I mean, it's even if you've seen my new logo for my for my business, even it's part of the logo of my okay. business now. I love it. Hashtag hashtag buy with the bow tie. Um, Ooh, I like that hashtag. 
Yeah. That's um, a cool logo too. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And so that logo was a total happenstance. Like I started it on my own and it was a, a hot mess and I sent it to a couple people and they kind of made it better. Um, and cause at one point it was just the bow tie where the, with the city flag in it and no reference of a house. And so people were like, I don't understand what it's about. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, and they're like, maybe try something. And so God bless Canva <laughs> turns all of us into graphic designers. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Amen. So you made so, that, you made that yourself. With some help. Like I got some help from, uh, one of my fraternity brothers out in Oregon is actually a graphic designer. And so he took my really rough drawing canva drawing and made it something that works i love it i think it turned out great yeah i love it too um mark thank you so much for being on the podcast today um we always love to share our guests contact information in case there's somebody who either needs your help to buy or sell or another agent that might have some questions whether they're at baird and warner or different brokerage or even just someone thinking about getting their license um i know just knowing who you are you'd be happy to have those conversations what's, absolutely what's the best uh place where people can find you sure so um instagram my instagram account uh there's two of them but the one that you're going to use for this is probably at mark sell chicago mark is with a c not with a k mark sell chicago is one of my is my instagram um if you really want to see donut friday go to mas dumas that's my, that's my personal one. Um, you follow me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Mark Chicago is my Facebook business page. Uh, my email address is mark.dumas at bairdwarner.com. Um, I answer, I tell people all the time, if you send me an email and I'm awake, I'm going to answer it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you send me a message on messenger or Instagram messenger and I'm awake, I'm going to answer it. Um, I don't believe in letting them sit. So don't be afraid to write whenever because a lot of times you have a question at three in the morning. If I happen to be up, you'll get an answer at three fifteen. Um, <laughs> it's just how it works. But yeah. And like you said, again, I love helping people. And so if someone is thinking about getting into real estate and has questions, I actually had a conversation with someone day before yesterday, a young guy came to me and asked cause he knew someone else who knew me. and was like, Mark can answer your questions about why you should, like if you should go into real estate and where you should go and, you know, my response to him was, here's all the things you need to do. Here's why you should come work at Baird and Warner. Uh, like I'm always, you know, always making the pitch for the team. And so there you go. Oh, we appreciate that too, Mark. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate all your time sharing, um, which again, is just a part of who you are. So thank you, Mark. Of course. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, thank you Have so a great much. day, everybody. Bye.